Good morning, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy Nightback Carehawk back at it again with another podcast. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are here for part two. And ladies and gentlemen, part one will be available tomorrow at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 a.m. Pacific. So it will be available on Monday, and then we're going to release part two on Wednesday. So make sure to share the content. Make sure to freaking get it to your friends and family, co-workers, aunts, uncles, prostitutes, strippers, and whoever else you associate with. Because this is very enticing, folks. There's things that they're doing in the United States and across the globe. So I got some other articles for you folks. Definitely couldn't all get into one show, so we had to do two parts tonight. So we're going to kick it off with TikTok. Yeah, that's right, folks. TikTok. TikTok has been banned. TikTok was banned, folks, in Montana. Yes, the TikTok man bill passed in Montana's House of Representatives. It's the first state to do it. So on Friday, Montana became the first state to ban TikTok from all devices in our state. Other efforts to ban TikTok has only affected government-owned devices. The state House of Representatives passed SB 419, which has already passed the state Senate. Mean the only thing preventing it from becoming law is signature from Governor Greg Gilforty. The bill bans TikTok from operating within the territorial jurisdiction of Montana because of the allegation that the app can be used by the Chinese government for spying on and influence Americans. Violating the law could result in a fine up to $10,000 per day. The penalties apply to entities allowing. The downloading of TikTok, not users. TikTok endangers the safety of Montanians and Americans at large, said the state's Senator Shelley Vance, one of the authors of the bill. We know that beyond a doubt that TikTok parent company ByteDance is operating as a surveillance arm of the Chinese Communist Party and gathers information about Americans against their will. The bill will take effect in January 2024. However, it becomes void if TikTok transfers its U.S. business from China or if Congress passes its own federal TikTok ban. A spokesperson from TikTok said, We will continue to fight for TikTok users and creators in Montana whose livelihoods and their First Amendment rights are threatened by this egregious government overreach. The bill could result in other states passing similar bans. If that happens, TikTok could be forced to transfer its U.S. business from China and proposal supported by the White House. So there you go, folks. If you're in Montana, you might want to get the fuck out. If you like TikTok, you might want to move ASAP. Before January 2024, you might want to get the fuck out of Montana. ASAP. Anyway, folks, moving on. We got Robert F. Kennedy Jr. CBDC's ultimate mechanism for social surveillance and control. And I know a lot of you have probably seen this already. So let's talk about it. So since announcing his presidential campaign, Democrat candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has made it clear that he's a pro-digital financial freedom by opposing central bank digital currencies, calling out in debanking and slamming digital IDs. Kennedy's criticism of CBDCs have been geared around FedNow, an instant payment infrastructure developed by the Federal Reserve that's set to launch in July. Kennedy initially described FedNow as a as a CBDC before, later clarifying that he fears it's the first step towards a CBDC. 114 countries would represent more than 95% of the world's global uh, domestic product GDP are exploring a CBDC. The Biden administration has said CBDCs have the potential to offer significant benefits and the heads of a major central bank have confirmed that CBDCs will be 
identity verified, lack the privacy of cash, and be programmable, which we've been telling you this on this thing for a while. This programmable means that central banks or governments can make your CBDC expire, impose spending limits, or control what you're allowed to spend your CBDCs on. Kennedy has recognized that these problems grease the slippery slope to financial slavery and political tyranny. In a tweet, the presidential candidate warned, while cash transactions are anonymous, a CBDC will allow the government to surveil all private financial affairs. The central bank will have the power to enforce dollar limits on our transaction, restricting where you can spend your money, where you can spend it, where you can send your money, excuse me, where you can spend it and where and when money expires. Kennedy also noted that the surveillance and control will likely not be limited to financial data because CBDCs users have users have to verify their identity. This link to identity means that government or central banks can bring in lots of additional data linked to your identity. Combine this with the financial data they extract that they extract from your CBDC use and create an expansive social credit score that dictates how or if you can spend your money. The presidential candidate has suggested that such a score could be tied to compliance with arbitrage government decree such as being vaccinated, which will happen. Kennedy believes that COVID-19 and the banking crisis will be used by governments as an excuse to usher in CBDCs and has predicted that as government introduce CBDCs, they will start to crack down on cryptocurrencies and other assets that serve as an escape route from the government control of financial system, which they're already doing. He recently forecast that the Fed will initially limit its CBDC to interbank transactions, but will but we should not be blind to the obvious danger that this is the first step in banning and seizing Bitcoin as as the Treasury did with the Treasury did with gold 90 years ago today in 1933. Canadian, like many in the cryptocurrency industry, believes that this crackdown has already begun. In a recent tweet, he claimed that the Biden administration has organized bankers to participate in a sophisticated, widespread crackdown to destroy the crypto industry, which they can't destroy. The presidential candidate comments are describing Operation Choke Point 2.0, alleged Biden administration effort to discourage banks from providing their services to cryptocurrency firms. Kennedy added, the recent crackdown on crypto blocks exit ramps, removes alternative rails, and strengthens government and control over both the financial and political system. We should be wary since CBDCs are the ultimate mechanism for social surveillance control. Central bank digital currencies make authoritarian censorship and surveillance easy. Kennedy pro-digital and financial freedom stance is in stark contrast to several other prominent figures in the Democrat Party who have embraced CBDCs and attacked cryptocurrencies. Democrat President Joe Biden administrator loves CBDCs and financial events, and the Biden regime recently signaled that it plans to go after decentralized crypto markets by forcing them to identify their customers. These decentralized markets allow users to buy, sell, and exchange cryptocurrencies without relying on a central intermediary and usually don't require identity verification. This makes it harder for governments to link transactions to a person's identity, surveil transactions, block transactions, and financial blacklist people. If the Biden administration is affected at forcing these decentralized crypto markets to implement identity verification, they'll become part of the same centralized financial dragnet that banks and CBDCs currently operate in. A dragnet 
where every transaction is availed and where governments control who gets to participate. Senator Elizabeth Warren, a former presidential campaign, is another well-known Democrat has declared war on cryptocurrency and welcomed CBDCs. She's an asshole. She recently launched an anti-crypto Senator re-election campaign and has previously called for surveillance of cryptocurrency wallets. Dude, she does not need to win seriously at all. She needs to be she needs to lose lose her election. In 2022 interview with uh uh with uh NBC, she expressed her disdain for Bitcoin and said it's time for CBDCs. Warren called for the introduction of CBDCs came just one month after President Biden signed an executive order that instruct federal agencies to exploit a digital dollar and develop a cryptocurrency regulation strategy. Despite the clear efforts of the Biden administration and Warren to push a CBDC, the Federal Reserve is downplaying Kenny's concerns that Fed now is the first step towards a CBDC. They're a bunch of fucking liars. The central bank claims that Fed now is not a step towards eliminating any form of payment and that it has made no decision on issuing a central bank digital currency. They're a bunch of fucking liars. They already made the decision. But actions speak louder than words. Kennedy is sounding the alarm about a trend that's clear for everyone to see. Absolutely, folks. And I agree with Robert Kennedy Jr. He's 100% right. CBDCs are the ultimate control mechanism, folks. A digital dollar is an ultimate control mechanism. 100%. They'll be able to intimate social credit scores, put spending limits on your money, um, tell you what, when, and where, and how to buy. Expire your money. Stop saving. Inflate the money supply. It's absolutely asinine, folks. It all will be done on a digital ledger that they will be able to control and monitor and watch everything that you do. So, Robert Kennedy Jr. is 100% right, folks. And Fed now is the first step to that. It's going to bring the SWIFT into the 21st century, which is going to be absolutely dystopian as hell. So, Folks, we definitely need to push back, continue to use cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Monero, Pirate Chain, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, uh, Dogecoin, whatever you can. XLM, XRP, you know, XRP is not really decentralized, it's actually centralized, but use it anyway. Um, and any other cryptocurrency you can think out there, folks, use it. Use it, use it, use it. Get rid of your uh, your paper money. And exchange it for something digital like Bitcoin, Monero, Pirate Chain, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, Dogecoin, and everything else. Alright folks, moving on. So Biden administration consider increasing social media surveillance at the Pentagon leaks. Folks, and you guys and ladies know how I feel about leaks. It is an inside job in my opinion. So the Biden administration considering using an intelligence failure that allowed... Classified Pentagon documents to circulate online unnoticed for weeks to call for broadening its surveillance of social media platforms. This potential alteration to intelligence gathering methods come as authorities rush to find out not only how the leak occurred, but also how to prevent similar incidents in the future. Last week, President Joe Biden and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin were informed of the leak. However... It was reported that the secret documents that first emerged on the Discord social media app as early as January, according to open source investigation group Bellingcat, which has alleged ties to the intelligence community, upon discovery that the document had been available online for an extended period, the president and the other officials allegedly considered ways to prevent this from happening, 
again in the future. As a response, the administration may expand the scope of online platforms that intelligence and law enforcement agencies monitor, NBC reported. The leak Pentagon document allegedly emerged in internet gaming circles, giving officials justification to surveil this area more closely. One of the apps considered to be more closely surveilled is Discord. Discord is a communication app designed primarily for gaming community, but it has since expanded to serve a wide range of uses and purposes. It provides a platform for text, voice, and video chat, allowing users to communicate and collaborate in real time. Discord offers both public and private service, enabling people to create and join chat rooms or channels focused on specific topics, interests, or groups. Users can also send direct messages to each other, share files, and stream their screens or games. The intelligence community is reportedly wrestling with how to scan platforms like Discord for relevant content to prevent similar leaks in the future. This is, has prompted new questions about the management of sensitive intelligence information while the government and whether access to such data should be further restricted. In light of the leak, the administration has already tightened access to classified information and is considering additional measures. The leak documents revealed detailed intelligence on Russian, on Russian tactics, uh, was that tactics manually, I mean maneuvering in the Ukraine war, assessments of Ukraine military strengths and weaknesses uh, alleged sabotage by the Ukraine agents within Belarus and Russia and intelligence reports on allies, including South Korea and Israel. Images of some documents have first appeared on Discord channels dedicated to the Minecraft video game and fans of a YouTuber called Wow Mao, according to Bellington, a Belling Cat. From there, the images made their way to 4chan, pro-Russian Telegram channels, and Twitter. The New York Times first reported on the documents leaked last week. So, ladies and gentlemen, again, I still believe that this is all sabotage. Again, I believe these freaking Pentagon leaks are an inside job. I think it's just another excuse for the White House to come with regulation, surveillance, tracking and tracing everything that we do in the United States. I really truly believe it, folks. It's all bullshit. I don't believe one word that these people say that, oh, it was in a Discord. How the fuck would somebody leak Pentagon information on a Discord unless the individual was inside the Pentagon that leaked that information is inside of a Discord? Like, that's ridiculous. No one gets to hack from Discord, go into the Pentagon, which has very, very tight security, folks, and leak it on Discord. That's just dumb. This is fucking stupid. Shit doesn't even add up. You can't make this shit up in a Hollywood film. Again, all the links will be in the description below. So, so folks, the next story, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, proposed Philadelphia bill would regulate hate speech on social media. Oh, Jesus Christ. A Philadelphia representative is attempting to induce a bill that would force social media platforms to change the way they handle so-called hate speech complaints. The bill, similar to, the bill similar to bills that have been attempted in other states only to be struck down for being unconstitutional was proposed by Representative Darish K. Parker on Wednesday. Parker said that the social media platforms are effective for keeping people in touch, but that they often use for hate speech. Hate speech. Nobody can even give an example of what hate speech is. 
Those in control of these platforms must be held accountable in addressing this troublesome issue that touches young people as well as adults, Parker wrote. Well, young people maybe should stay off social media and then they wouldn't have to deal with quote-unquote hate speech. That's just my opinion, but let's continue. The legislation would force social media companies to introduce transparent features for reporting hate speech persons who are emboldened by the not anonymity of social media platforms to spew hate cannot be tolerated, Parker wrote. Providing users with an easy way to report these issues will help to decrease such occurrences. Really? Actually, they won't. Parker wrote that forcing platforms to maintain these features would protect people from abuse. Persons who are emboldened by the anonymity of social media platforms to spew hate cannot be tolerated. Providing users with an easy way to report these issues will help to to decrease such occurrences. As similar bills have been shut down for their unconstitutional in other states, Representative Parker bill is seen as a stunt policy designed to generate attention. A New York bill requires social media networks to provide and maintain mechanisms for reporting for reporting hate speech, for reporting hateful content on their platform. The law also said that the platform must have a clear and concise policy readily available and accessible on their website, an application which includes how much, how such social media networks will respond and address the reports of incident of hate, hateful content on their platform. The law was challenged primarily on the First Amendment grounds. In February, Judge Andrew L. Carter Jr., SDNY, blocked the law. Speech that demeans on the basis of race, uh, ethnicity, gender, religion, age, disability, and any other similar ground is hateful. But the proudest boast of our free speech jurisprudence is that we protect the freedom to express the thought that we that we hate, the court wrote. And that is true. That's what the First Amendment's all about. And people need to reread the First Amendment if they don't understand that. Because they're a bunch of fucking idiots. It's absolutely asinine that people are proposing these such as stupid ass laws. It's social media, folks. You're in the arena. Oh my God, my feelings are hurt. Then maybe you should log out of your social media account and go have some real life experience. Go meet with friends at a local park or maybe go to a local gym and meet your friends in real life. You don't have to be on social media, folks. We don't need the government making all these draconian laws because you're too damn simple this to be told to shut the fuck up, you're ugly on social media. It's not my fucking fault that you can't take it. Log off the goddamn internet, fool, and go out and enjoy your life and enjoy the sun, enjoy the forest, go see the mountains, go take a drive, go jump in the goddamn lake and do, go for a swim, because maybe your sensitive love and ass shouldn't be on social media. Oh my God, they hurt my feelings, so you need to make it because they're spewing hate to me. No, they're not spewing hate. Maybe you're just a fucking idiot and you're a sensitive little bitch and you need to get off of social media. Period in the story, folks. Yeah, I'm not scared to say it. Some of you people online are sensitive as fuck. I know I have a sensitive side, but you fucking bastards, some of you are so sensitive and so cowardice that you need to go outside, folks. You need to stop being introverts, go your ass outside and deal with real people. Because some of the stuff I see online is not hate speech, folks. You're just making it out to be hate speech. You're just a sensitive little bitch. 
Straight up. It's real talk, folks. And I'm serious, man. Because this shit is getting asinine with all these stupid-ass bills. All these states and cities are proposing about online hate speech. Stop it. Grow up a little bit. Anyway, moving on, folks. Speaking of freaking bills, Utah introduces new digital ID blockchain law. That's right, folks. Utah is moving forward with the freaking Fourth Industrial Revolution. So this week, Utah Governor Spencer Cox signed a bill that will require the Division of Technology Services, DTS, to launch a pilot program for blockchain-based digital verified credentials. HB 470 will require the DTS to provide recommendations on how to issue a digital ID via distribute ledger technology. The DTS will also be required to recommend policies on privacy protection of personal identity, identifying information and communication those policies with the state's government operation privacy officer and the state's privacy officer. The DTS will report its process, I mean progress, to the Public Utility, Energy, and Technology Intern Committee of the State's House of Representatives by the end of October. Utah is not the first state to launch a digital ID program. Arizona launched a digital ID in 2022, yep, the year after I left. And Colorado launched a mobile driver license in 2019, yes they did. However, Utah program will be different as it is based on blockchain technology. The Digital Technology Task Force tasked with creating a legal framework for, di- for decentralized autonomous organization, DAOs, introduced a bill allowing DAOs to operate in the state. That bill was also signed by Governor Cox this week. The new law defines DAOs not registered as a nonprofit or a corporate entity as domestic limited uh, liability companies. So there you go, folks. So Utah. It's going to introduce the new digital ID blockchain law, folks. So, get your, get your popcorn ready because the fourth industrial revolution, folks, is not too far away as we keep telling you. You're going to be living in the fourth industrial revolution whether you like it or not. And there's no place on the earth you can go where you're going to be able to escape it. Trust me on that. So, folks, let me know what y'all think about Utah's new blockchain digital ID law that's coming into effect. Got two more stories for you folks and then I will be done and out of your hair. And again, this part two will be available on Wednesday at 3 a.m. So folks, Mines, the Babylon Bee and Tim Pool file lawsuit against California censorship law. That's right, folks. There is a censorship law California is trying to pass. So freedom of speech, friendly platform Mines... The Babylon Bee and podcaster Tim Pool have filed a First Amendment lawsuit against California Bill AB 587, which is aimed at combating online disinformation. According to the lawsuit, AB 587 was written with the express intent to discourage expression of viewpoints that are protected by the Constitution's First Amendment. The suits further allege that the bill does not pass the rigorous test under the 14th Amendment because it does not make it clear what types of speech are not allowed. The plaintiff noted that the bill has broad categories that are not specifically defined, such as racism, hate speech, radicalization, extremism, misinformation, disinformation, and foreign political interference. The lawsuit states AB 587 proponents have repeatedly announced that it would be unconstitutional for California to mandate censorship of the type of speech AB 587 regulates. However, this law, which is explicitly designed to chill 
constitutional protected speech based on viewpoints still violates the First Amendment. At the same time, AB 587 does not define terms such as disinformation, hate speech, and extremism, creating an overbroad definition leading to overly broad enforcement powers in violation of the 14th Amendment. Plaintiffs in this action are emerging social media networks and two proponent social media users. AB 587 is a direct attack on plaintiff minds, incorporated business model expansion, expansion plans, and ability to attract investment. Meanwhile, plaintiff Tim Pool and the Babylon B LLC have tens of millions of online followers. All three plaintiffs have significantly followings in California across the rest of the country and around the world. If AB 587 is not blocked, plaintiffs stand to lose their hard-won audience under the weight of California's unconstitutional experiment in speech regulation. Unlike some of AB 587 proponents, Government Newsom and Attorney General Batina have been candid about the legislation goal to prevent plaintiffs uh, perspectives from reaching Californians. Plaintiffs cannot stand idly by while California chills their speech rights. We've obtained a copy of the complaint for you here. California will not stand by, a, by as a social media is weaponized to spread hate and disinformation that threatens our communities and foundational values as a country. Newsom said at the time the bill was introduced. Proponents of the bill argue that its purpose is to make social media platforms more transparent on issues Related to disinformation and hate speech. However, CEO of the Chambers of Progress, Adam, said at the time, it's like requiring a bookstore to report to the government which book is it carries, or requiring the New York Times to explain which stories it's published. This is absolutely asinine, folks. So again, this is what's going on behind the scenes, folks. All these articles will be in the description below. Definitely can read them for yourself, folks. And we're going to get to the last article of the night, folks, and that is the U.S. Senate to debate digital ID plans. That's right, folks. I know you didn't hear about this one. So there is a new bill has been proposed, folks, and this actually was out 24 hours ago. Legislation for digital identification verifications in the U.S. has been progressed to the Senate for debate. That means that the U.S. could soon have digital IDs, which is opposed by most digital rights groups over privacy concerns. The Improving Digital ID Act of 2023 was introduced by Independent Senator Kirsten Sinema of Arizona. Ah, Kirsten Sinema, that bitch. And GOP Senator Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming. Ah, Cynthia Loomis, Miss Bitcoin herself. Yeah, working behind the scene to screw you in the ass. It was introduced in the Senate for debate last month after being approved by the Senate Homeland Security Governmental Affairs Committees. The lack of an easy, affordable, reliable, and secure way for organizations, businesses, and government agencies to identify whether an individual is who they claim to be online. Ah, taking away your privacy and anonymity, huh? Creates an attack vector that is widely exploited by advertisers in cyberspace and precludes many high-value transactions from being available online. The text of the bill states, instances of identity theft and identity fraud continue to rise in the United States where more than 293 million people were impacted by data breaches, data breaches in 2021. Since 2017, losses resulting from identity fraud have increased by 333% and in 2020, those losses total 
$56 billion. The bill will require the creation of an integrated task force to oversee a public-private collaboration to help all citizens more easily and securely engage in transactional online and prove who they are online. So basically, folks, you will be in a KYC system. Know your customer. AML freaking digital ID, folks. And this is why you U.S. Senate it. And this is why I keep trying to tell you folks, stop believing in politics. Politics are the cancer of freedom. It always has been, always will be. See, folks, they lie to you. They lie to you all the time, folks. They always, always, always lie to you. They say one thing and they do another behind the scenes. And this is what we keep trying to tell you, folks. And this is why people like me, people like Alex Jones, people like Maxine, people like Raphael, everybody that's in the truth movement, not everybody, but most of us in the truth movement are fighting on your behalf, folks, bringing you the news stories we can every single week and stuff like that. And that's why I do what I do personally with this show. Because it's very important that people know what's going on behind the scenes. Because the mainstream media is telling you one thing. You know, Alex Jones is telling you another. Max Egan is telling you another. Raphael is telling you another. Jeff Berwick is telling you another. But this is what your senators are doing in the United States. Even governments around the world, folks. We just had that story in part one where in Zimbabwe, the government's trying to issue a digital ID system to track and trace everybody. I mean, it's unfreaking believable, folks. It's asinine. It's freaking ridiculous, and they always try to sell you on convenience. Every single time, folks. They always try to sell you on convenience, folks. It's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely unbelievable. But, like I said, folks, folks, absolutely what I said. If we allow this system to come in place, folks, it's game, set, match. I don't care how much Monero you have. I don't care how much decentralization. I don't care if you're building on chain. It won't fucking matter. Because if these digital IDs become the norm in the United States, you'll have to identify every project you're working on. You'll be KYC, AML, it won't matter. There is no way around it. You know, all your privacy is out the window, folks. It's gone. It's completely gone. So it is what it is. If you say something the government doesn't like, they'll come after you. They'll paint you as a right-wing extremist. They'll arrest you. They'll throw you in a cage, lock you away. You'll never be heard from again. That's exactly what's going on, folks. So we have to continue to fight, get the word out, spread these messages. When I post these freaking podcast videos of independent news section, I don't really care if you really pay attention to the crypto and gaming part. We are fighting for freedom, folks. We're in a war and a fight for our lives here. Freedom must stand, folks. There is no other option. There is no tomorrow if we don't continue to fight, folks. And I know Alex Jones talking about everybody's on the run. Globus on the run. But folks, they're not on the run. They're pretending like they're on the run. This is what's going on behind the scenes. They're not on the run, folks. They're about to fucking pull the wool over your eyes and show you their true power, their true illusion power. But folks, we got to continue to fight, man. But I'm going to get the hell out of here, folks. I'm probably going to play some video games or probably go in the metaverse and play some VR poker. But I will holler at y'all next week. We will be back for the crypto and gaming section of the show. Either Friday or Saturday, folks. And we will continue with the independent news section next week. Again, part two will be out on Wednesday at 3 a.m. Pacific. I mean, not 3 a.m. Pacific. 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 12 a.m. Pacific. This is your boy, Nightmare Kale. Signing off. Peace.